What's up, everybody? This is the Weird Story Bro podcast, and we're going to talk about weird stories. And uh, I'm the bro, I guess. My name's Big Nate, and I hope you enjoy this. But before we jump into this podcast today, let's have a word about our sponsor, Anchor. Stay tuned. So I've decided to try this podcast game one last time. I'm hardly a consistent guy on many things, unless it comes to family, uh, BJJ, and anime, but I keep feeling this nagging feeling that I need to get back out there. So, uh, here it goes. From now on, I'm going to do, I'm going to kind of interview people's weird stories and then write them in story format for you guys to listen to. Um, instead of, you know, tracking down the weird stories online, I decided that it would be far more interesting for all of us if I traveled about, you know, getting odd and spooky stories from around my home state of Arkansas and maybe some of my friends in different states uh, that I can give a phone call to that have went through some weird things. Believe it or not, though, this little southern state has a lot to offer in the weird story department. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the very first episode of this new style of storytelling on my podcast. Now, full disclaimer, the names of the people in these episodes uh, are going to be changed to protect their identity, but I promise you the stories I feature here are indeed true. So, let's begin today with the paper doll book. The good reverend of a small little Baptist church in my area is someone I know decently well and have had heard the stories of his paranormal adventures through the years, so I figured he would be a great place to start. And we're going to call him Reverend James, which I'll refer to him as the Reverend uh, and a few other things to be funny um, throughout the episode. Reverend James is a bigger guy standing well past the six foot marker with broad shoulders, brown hair. And though he often had a beard for quite a while, uh, you know, when I knew him, started, you know, uh, knowing him, um, he had recently shaved and now he looked a little bit older than he (laughs) was with the beard. Funny how. It kind of worked in the opposite way as most people. But he's in his 30s and works as a minister in the small town of Paris, Arkansas. We met in his home and he began telling me his story that, quite honestly, is extremely creepy. Um, Also, he wanted me to note that there are others, but this is the one that he felt like sharing at this time. So possibly in the future, he may give me a call or I may stop by again and, you know, he'll tell me another one. So, let's begin if you don't mind. I'm excited to hear this crazy story, I said as I began setting up my phone to get notes. Without much change in his expression, Reverend James began to tell the tale of a married couple that had paranormal trouble. I was out of town visiting family, he began, when I got a strange phone call from a church member. He relaxed into his couch and continued, The man that called me was disturbed because his wife had been having horrible dreams and was so petrified by them that she would wake him up in the middle of the night upset and too afraid to move out of bed. Looking up from getting my stuff situated on the coffee table, I asked him, What were the dreams about? The good reverend put an arm on the cushion next to him and replied that she was in church and was being possessed by the devil and that everyone was running away from her. She said that the dream felt so real that she would startle herself awake because of how scary it was. Well, I began, I would probably be shaken awake from something that intense myself. I can't imagine having a realistic dream like that and responding any differently. I mean, I've woken up from dreams not even as crazy as that one. 
The Reverend leaned forward with both hands raised like he was holding an invisible basketball between them. I'm starting to notice he likes to talk with his hands. That's not all, though, he said with his eyes widening a little. When she woke up from these nightmares, she would hear footsteps in the living room of their home. No one but they and their baby lived there, so either someone had broken in or, well, something else. At this point, I was now super intrigued. I mean, the dream was spooky and all, but hearing footsteps in the living room of your home when no one but you and your wife and baby are there, that's different level creepy. So, I began, I'm assuming it was something else, I said, looking right into the reverend's now widened eyes. Yes, he said, staring right back. The husband said that no one was there, but he himself heard the footsteps. The reverend looked out the window over my head because the mailman caught his attention as he briskly walked by. So, what did he do then? I asked, looking over my shoulder to look at the same mailman, now slipping mail into the mailbox across the street. He told me that he and his wife prayed and they eventually were able to go back to sleep. He called me a couple days after this happened and wanted help because he didn't know what to do. Now crossing his legs, he leaned back comfortably and continued. I told him I would come over and walk through the home because I kind of have this hunch that something is off because of something that was brought into the home. What do you mean hunch? I asked, now leaning back into the couch myself. The reverend scratched his head and said, I guess you could call it discernment, if anything. Sometimes when things like this pop up, I get a random thought about the situation, and I'm right on from time to time. In this case, I just felt like something bad had been brought into the home. I could tell he was trying to downplay this gift and treat it like it's no big deal. I suppose to be humble about it, so I didn't push it any further. So, you went over, I asked, getting back to the main story. What happened when you did? Well, he began, I went over the same day, um, and uh, I got there about two hours later. When I walked in, I went straight to their bedroom. Something really did feel off, but I had a hunch that the living room wasn't where the real problem was. Well, did your hunch pay off? I asked, now extremely pumped to see where this was going. Yes, it did, he replied, now smiling a little. I asked him if he or his wife had brought in anything odd recently, any ornaments, statues, artwork, you know, decorations or odd jewelry or things like that. He couldn't think of anything, so I asked, has anyone brought you a gift of any kind lately? Turned out, the reverend continued, that a friend of his had bought him a paper doll book on a vacation out of state, and he had recently given it to him. What's that? I asked, not having a clue what a paper doll book was. It's a flip book, the reverend answered. Each page has a paper doll that was uh, laminated to its surface. Little pieces of paper were cut up and arranged on each page to make it a sort of 2D doll. Then the pages uh, were laminated to hold them in place so you could flip through it and look at each doll. That doesn't seem too odd to me. I mean, unique maybe, but not something that would seem to be evil, I said. Maybe not as a whole, began the reverend, but I just knew that this was the answer. The hunch, I asked? Yes. But not long after my alarm went off, what happened next proved I was right, said the reverend enthusiastically. I asked him where it was, and he told me he had just thrown it into his desk after uh, going through it once or twice. 
The man pointed at the sectional desk in the corner of the bedroom and told me that it was in the middle drawer. By the way, do you want something to drink? Asked the reverend out of nowhere and totally breaking the flow of the story I was now on edge to hear the rest of. No thanks, I'm fine, but please keep going. I'm dying to know what happened next, I said. Oh, sorry, he said. I just realized how rude I was for not offering you something to drink with it being kind of hot today. Anyway, he continued, I pulled open the drawer and there was nothing but pens and notebooks in it. I looked back at him and said, it's not there. The good reverend now put his hands on his knees and said, this part gives me chills. Suddenly, I had chills just the same. Funny enough how that works. And so the rev continued on. I started to walk out of the room, but I heard a small voice in my head tell me to check the makeup drawer. I turned and looked at the husband and asked him where his wife kept her makeup. He looked at me, oddly. Fair enough, right? But funny enough, it was in the same desk, but at the end of it. I pulled it open, and right there on top of all his wife's makeup was the paper doll book. No way, I said louder than was necessary. Yes way, he said in the same tone to mock me a little. The reverend is a nice guy, but he enjoys teasing people. He continued, I looked at the husband, who was dumbfounded. Later on, I found out that his wife hadn't touched the book, and it would have made no sense for her to put it on top of her makeup uh, in her drawer. And obviously the husband wouldn't have done that either. Well, what happened next, I said, wondering what the next step would be in handling a supposed haunted and or cursed object. The reverend scratched his rather wide chin and said, I took the book, ripped it up, and threw it away somewhere outside the home. Well, did the bad dreams and footsteps stop? I asked immediately after he finished saying what his remedy for the situation was. Yes, it did. Or at least that's what they told me, he said casually. They moved not very long after to a new place, but all was pleasant after the book was gone, they said. So, I began, do you think that something malevolent was attached to this book? The Reverend looked at me and quietly said, Yes, I do, and I believe that the fact that that book was moved into a different drawer by neither person in the home proves that the evil spirit was trying to escape being removed from the home by moving around what, uh, what it was attached to. Wow, I said slowly and almost at whisper level. Yeah, began the reverend, it's definitely hard to believe, but I assure you this really happened. As I say, as I, as I looked at him in the face, I decided that I believed him. He wouldn't gain anything by telling this story, being I'm hiding his real identity, and I definitely can't pay people for this. Plus, I could see that this guy wasn't a wacko, and hopefully as a minister, I can hold him to the whole, you know, not lying thing. Just a good pastor that liked to help people and, you know, help those that reached out to him. I believe you, I said, but I have to know, have you ever had something similar to this happen again? Like, where you had to get involved? He laughed a little and said, yes, and they are all pretty wild, but I think this should be enough for your first episode, right? Oh, yeah, I began. This definitely fits the weird story criteria. Now I was standing to get my stuff together, and as I gathered my backpack and reached for his hand to shake it, he actually pulled me in and gave me a hug. He's a hugger, and always has been since I've known him. Just a super cool, kind guy. As he released my spine from his overly tight bear hug, he told me to not be a stranger and to come back any time for more of his stories. I tell him I'll take him up on that soon, but I want to search around for a bit before I do another one with him.
you know, get some other stories from different people. I like to meet new people. It's just a thing. He waved and closed the door to his little house. As I sat in my van, I couldn't help but think, maybe we all better be careful with what we bring into our homes because just like that paper doll book, we might have something dark attached to whatever we thought was a cute conversation piece. Well, that wraps up the story for today. Some of these will be long, some of these will be short, but I just want to give accurate descriptions of, you know, the stories that are told to me. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and it's good to be back. Stay tuned for the next one.